Hi, and welcome to the 399th episode of the MWA Podcast. I'm Kyle Barton. I'm here with my co-host, Sean Wisniewski and Mark Hicks. Tonight, we're visiting with Josh Pinkston, an avid hobbyist woodworker, carving enthusiast, and a professor of economics by day. So welcome to the show, Josh. Yeah, it, thanks for having me here. Great to be here. Great to talk to you all. Honored to be invited. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Well, I, you know. Uh, I, I love I love seeing what you're doing and some of the stuff that that uh, you post on Instagram and also dig the fact that you're an economics professor because that's my uh, my degrees in economics, too. But I I, I, I I just yeah, I just got out at the uh, bachelor level and didn't pursue yeah. anything well, beyond that because of certain other reasons, which I probably should have. But, you know, well, you it, never, it, it's, it's one where people can actually get jobs with a bachelor's mm-hmm. degree usually. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what happened is I got a job and yeah. the rest and is history. The rest is history. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Exactly. Exactly. And now I'm like, so what do I remember about economics? Okay, marginal revenue has to equal marginal. That's that's pretty good. It's, uh, do you want to you want to fill Profit in my maximum. MBA class in the fall? That's <laughs> some fancy words you get here, Kyle. Oh, well, you know, the best I was, I was take some econ classes in undergrad. You know, it's like general yeah. economics. Yeah. Well, th- thank you, you know, to both of you for not saying, "Oh yeah," and I hated it because that's often. Oh no. I, I get that, no. like, like you know, those those airplane conversations. Oh, what do you do? And like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, I took a class in undergrad. I I hated that. That's, that happens. <laughs> no, I yeah. mean, I, admittedly, I'm a math guy, so it well, it worked. Right. You know. Yep. For me, um, I can't say I followed any good principles or remember anything yeah. of it, but <laughs> but uh, it didn't annoy me. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I can't, I was in school for engineering and um, I think differential equations uh, mm-hmm. dissuaded me of that because I, the first test in differential equations, I made a B on. But then I went, right. how the hell did I make a B on that test? I had no mm-hmm. idea what I did. Mm-hmm. So so I went, OK, let's pursue. And then I went and took some, you know, exploratory courses and took a economics course. So I went, graphs. I know graphs. I can understand graphs. Right. And, and you know, you know what a derivative is. And so exactly. You, yeah. I used to know. I've, I've forgotten all that. <laughs> so, but anyway, well, before we start uh, this uh, new economics podcast, uh, let's move <laughs> on to what's in woodworking news. So um, first up, um, well, as Always, Lost Art Press has a number of things going on. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I had to update our links in the show notes just before um, we started recording because uh, they released some new information. So first off, I want to talk about the new Stick Chair Journal. This is a journal that uh, Chris and the folks at Lost Art Press are putting out. And it's kind of, I don't know how often, but I'm thinking, you know, at least a three or four times a year. But um, they're going to go into, you know, a lot of things about stick chairs, you know, some down and dirties on, you know, like the first episode or the first episode. The first journal is going to have how and why to make hexagonal parts. And then it's going to have like a review on some uh, the fat boy scriber and uh, some stuff on techniques and chair making on the cheaper and stuff like that. So it's going to be kind of, uh, I guess, a a semi-annual or triannual type journal that they will uh, publish and it's coming out soon in fact on the website 
you can go and uh, click a notify me button and uh, they will notify you when it's coming out. Um, it's kind of deceiving when you first go to the website, at least right now, it says sold out. But if you check on it, it says, you know, here's an email thing. I think it must be just a standard default program. Yeah, like under the price, website. instead of buy now, it's notify yeah. me. And yeah. the first line says uh, final stages of production and released fall of 2022. So yeah. we're, we're a summer away from this coming out. Um, yeah. So get in line now. Exactly, exactly. And I think they're going to have it in two different uh, ways to buy it. You can either get a, a soft cover version, mm -hmm. uh, which is an actual printed journal sent to you. And then they'll have a just and you'll also get access to the PDF and any plans or patterns in the issue. I think he's planning on putting at least one uh, chair pattern per issue. At least that's what I, my understanding. So you can get that. I think that's going to be about 24 bucks. And then I think $12, half of that, or somewhere around there, you can just get the PDF version. So you'll still you'll get a PDF version of the journal as well as any patterns and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that's been that's been Chris's kind of mm -hmm. working model from from the get go. Yeah. You can get it in PDF if you're one of, if you're a modern guy and can do that. I'm personally not a I don't want to read on a device. I'd much yeah. rather read a book. But if you get the the hardcover, soft cover, whatever, you're still going to get the PDF. You know, you could do with it what you want. You know, and mm -hmm. it's it's fun when they it, invariably they're going to bring us out, and someone's going to catch a mistake a week later, and they're going to reintroduce a PDF, but not change the printings, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And so all these things it almost happens every time. But yeah, it's, it's I, I, a, I read I'm on cool. screens quite a lot, but their books are just so well put together. It's they it's are. I stab them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I obviously my, my I, I like having job, I'm reading everything. This that something like this. I'd I like having access to PDF when I'm in the shop because inevitably I, I I need to answer a question mm -hmm. and I can just bring up bring up the PDF and find it really quick. Actually search it, which is really right. handy. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I I have to have the print book too. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I asked for it to be notified for the the full full kit. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's why I'm changing my subscription to uh, Fine Woodworking because mine's pdf only at this point in time but i got to get the actual physical magazine in because i never go and nope. look at it you know it's <laughs> no fun browsing it. a pdf yeah. yeah 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 you know when 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 we diami and i went to wood magazine uh, 15 my god it was a long time ago we got like a flash drive with the entire catalog of the magazine mm -hmm. you you i mean whatever it was a trinket of a, of a gift and it's fine and like to know that i've got all those magazines on file I not once have looked back and tried to like page through something, read an article. It's but I have it on digital. Just a thing, mm -hmm. right? I, I yeah. do. I I use the my fine woodworking online subscription as a reference all the time. Yeah, I do but, that. But yeah. I don't browse. I, there's yeah. no point. Yeah, and right. the funny you're not going to read having... the new article when it comes out, but you're going to know the resources when you need to look for them, kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it, it, yeah, that's another thing. Like if, if there's an article in the magazine, we're like, hmm, that might be interesting sometime. I just I'll skip it. But mm -hmm. the funny thing about having the magazine in the house is my wife will look at it <laughs> and she'll be like, oh, that might be a fun project, you know. And so I was like, yeah, when I'm when I have time to build something for us, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'll, I'll put that on the list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, completely understood. So, well, let's move on to what else is happening at uh, Lost Art Press, and that is they have a new uh, waist apron they're coming out with. Um, in fact, you can not that they're coming out with that they've come out with. So it's you here. can order it right now. Um, but it's uh, a nice little waist apron, so it just covers your waist and has just enough room for a few 
tools, pencils, uh, squares, maybe even a small block plane. But it's uh, $48. It's made out of canvas and uh, looks to be very well made. And in fact, they have a little video on the website where uh, Chris will actually model it for you and tell you about all its <laughs> unique features. So um, I, I haven't watched the video, but I saw the the thumbnail of him standing next to a bench with this apron on. And it was the, the headline was their their new waist apron. And I'm like, oh, interesting. I didn't didn't watch it. But okay. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's 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 useful reading the description. Six inch deep pockets, eight inches wide. Yes, yep. a small block plane, a couple pencils, small rule, whatever. Uh, exactly what you'd think of a waist apron. To do. Yeah, it looks it looks handy. I have a waist apron by uh, uh, Jason Thickpin at Texas Heritage, and mm. I, I love that. It's it's very handy. The, his is made out of well, it's made out of canvas to with like some leather, but it's a wax okay. canvas. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this will be lighter. Yes, it would <laughs> be lighter. Else. Yes, more breathable. Yes. And that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, also a certain company could be used as a kilt, <laughs> <laughs> like a chat, like chaps kilt, a yeah, kilt kind of chaps like. mixed together. <laughs> yeah, I, sure. I don't no. think you want to give Chris ideas for the next video. No. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, so but uh, anyway, for forty-eight bucks, it seems uh, seems like a pretty um, pretty good price. And uh, if you're in the market for one, um, like I said, I use mine all the time. I find it very handy. And uh, like you said, this might be something to pick up for those hotter summer months. So mm-hmm. anyway, but you can find more about both of those items, both the stick chair. Ah, sorry, easy for me to say, the uh, stick chair journal as well as the uh, workshop waste apron over at lostartpress.com. So next up is a visit over at Woodpeckers. So uh, bi-weekly. Uh, what right, episode yes. wouldn't be complete without a stop at the <laughs> Woodpeckers store? Exactly, exactly. So uh, this week they have a new uh, thin rip guide. I think they've had this before. I don't know if it's exactly the same one or they made some improvements, um, but it seems to me that they had this out before, but uh, maybe yeah. not, or maybe it was a one-time tool. And now they're gonna just be producing it. Uh, but it looks like a pretty good thin rip guide. Um, it's 130 bucks on their introductory price. Looks to be about the same price as other ones I've seen. There's one by Magswitch. Um, mm-hmm. It's like 30 bucks. But that's a little have, triangular thing. Same thing. It's got bearings on the edge. Yeah, exactly. Down. This one rides in your miter slot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's, there's, you know, does on magnet. Now it's a lot cheaper than this, but then you have to buy the magnets. And by the time you buy the magnets, it's about 130 bucks for the whole package. So yeah. Uh, cause those magnets are not cheap, but, um, anyway, but yeah. So if it looks to be, you know, pretty decent at a pretty decent price and it looks fairly well-made. So yeah. Capacity on it. I'm just trying to see. I mean, it, it is for thin. I mean, I guess they give they put that right in the name. Yeah. So you're not going to do you're not yeah. going to take a, a wide board and cut the thickness on the other mm-hmm. side of the blade the way this is. It's to guide the near yeah. side uh, yeah. uh, for a thin rip. Well, yeah, if you do guess... a wide rip, you just use the fence, put a push stick in it. <clears throat> yeah. Don't need yeah, this yeah thing. True. Right. So but, you know, if you do a lot of Kumiko or uh, use a lot of thin um, stock, um, this would be handy to have and like i said it's at a it's at a fairly decent price um so yeah right so like how do you like in in use so say i've Mm -hmm. got a board that i'm going to strip little veneer strips out of Mm -hmm. so i i set my fence 
to cut off this much. I run this stop block into it. I run one rip. Mm-hmm. In order to do a second rip, I've got to move the fence closer and not right. move this block. Yep. You, you basically you basically move your fence over to where the the piece you push of wood. You the, the part against the block and then push yeah. the fence up against the part. Yeah. I get okay, but there's yep. only one point of contact, so you hope it's square. Well, it's going to be square once your fence gets on. It'll be square when you push the fence against it. Yeah. yeah okay. The fence okay. Will make it I just uh, having never yeah. done this, like it just that kind of operational thing comes to mind. Interesting. I, this is one of those things that would be really easy to make if you had some T screws and and some knobs, but you know. Uh, the, the bearing probably makes it nice to run, but yeah, and I think you can um, set the distance. Like you can say, "Hey, I want a three it does have thirty a second guide on." Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. 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 I, I don't know that. if you can I mean, set the distance, but you can you can make uh, incremental changes with gauge. But then you could also, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things that's really simple in theory, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you go to build it, you may find out like, oh, I re- wish I just spent. The- well, no, yeah. or, or, or the opposite. Though, if so. you've done this and made your own version of this and go, you man, it would be nice to have a, maybe a more solid connection or bearings on the writing oh. surface or something. Yeah. Maybe this is an upgrade that, to that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's a good point there, Sean, because if I was going, if I need some thin strips for a project, I would cobble something together real quickly right. and just use it. Yeah. But if it's something I was doing all the time, like, kumiko or something i was gonna say like where's that. our kumiko guys what, what exactly. do they say yeah, yeah. so I, that's that's something we have to ask them about because i i can't i could never justify this for stuff that i do but no yeah, like you said if you're doing would that this day, work on on a bandsaw in the same the same way could you as a single point fence you wouldn't i don't think you would use it with a straight fence you would just set it up right to the blade yeah and there's versions of that already for yeah. resawing purposes, yeah or, right? and and i mean you, and again that that you could make that. Result, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I don't think this is, you know, I think what they're trying to do is get, you know, basically finished pieces off of this. So if you did on the yeah. bandsaw, you wouldn't have a finished You're piece. You're going to a rougher cut, right? Yeah. yeah at, at, at first look at it, I'm like, ooh, man, like the second cut looks like a, a slightly dicey action. Uh, you know, you're supporting it before the cut. And that's what it's a reference point, not a, not a arriving guide. You know, I get mm-hmm. that. It's just a, I, I guess I, I haven't used a table saw in years. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, I'm familiar in a, in a way. And I've never done a thin, a thin rip, like a thin repetitive rip like that. Yeah. The times that I have, I've done a miter slot or a, a, a miter. Um, well, I, I think, you know, or not a miter, but a, a, a sled and, yeah. and referenced it the other way. The cutoff was falling off to the right side of the blade, mm-hmm. not the left side of the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you could do that with, you could do that with the sled as long as you're piece wasn't that long but yeah right if you're trying to, right, right. Yeah. that ripping yeah. makes a difference here yeah. right yeah but that's the whole idea of like putting putting a setup block against a fence and so that the piece you knock into it you go beyond that setup block and the piece falls to the right of the blade you come back mm-hmm. you bump that same stop again and run another one and now you're creating right. same thickness on the other side it's just it's the opposite operation i guess well and there's mm-hmm. no there's no fence changes i mean cuts you just you just that way over to right the stop. right yeah so right sliding stock i yeah for cross cuts, that makes totals for long rips. It would just, this, you know, right, unless, unless you have a sliding table saw, in which case you don't need any of this. And stuff. then you don't need this at all. <laughs> right. Right. Can I interest you in a Felder sliding table saw? <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's much more convenient than the $129 uh, rip guide, but it costs 10 times as much. Or maybe maybe 100 times as much. I think 100 times as much. Yeah, yes. probably 100 times. <laughs> but anyway, but uh, head over to. Uh, woodpeck.com if uh you do a lot of kumiko so yeah check it out all the i want to hear from all our kumiko guys 
And yes. Who's doing Kumiko and will this benefit you? Exactly. Exactly. Very Please curious. let us know. So um, do we have a Patreon shout out this week? Oh, we sure do. We always like to give a big thanks to our Patreon supporters. Today, we're giving a big shout out to my brother by first name spelled differently, Sean Nichols. Thank you, Sean, fellow Sean. Uh, If you would like to be like Sean and support the MWA podcast, go to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. Yes. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Sean. The other Sean. The other Sean, (laughs) yes. Wait, which Sean are we thinking? The the Sean one Nick. who's paying us. Oh, yes. oh, oh, of course, of course. <laughs> Not the one spending your money, the one supporting us. Exactly. Well, let's move on to what's in the shop. So, uh, Mark, what have you been working on or up to or doing? Well, I got to say, it feels like it's been months since I've been here with you all. I, I, I like coming back. It's it's nice to see you again. <laughs> um, uh, my, my shop has been quiet. Um, the air conditioner is broken, so I don't want to go in there right Ooh. now. Um, no, we, we, uh, this weekend we knocked out a, uh, a trellis for our cucumbers. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, my wife wanted to buy one and I was like, yeah, go buy one. I don't, I don't want to mess with it right now. And, um, then we looked at what was available and we was like, no, nah, I got to build one. So, uh, we made something that was super simple. We started very complicated and dumbed it down to a cattle panel with two wooden rails, one on each side that's mm. wired onto it you know we cut a groove to slip the panel into on either board and we made these two big panels and then we hinged them at the top so we can fold it up into a flat panel at the end of the year and um it was fun it was fun having uh some minor constraints and then just you know like saying okay how can we do this as quickly easily and inexpensively as possible and have something that we'll be able to use again uh next year so that that's what we did and it was fun doing it with my wife too so yeah um, what'd you make it out of uh, well, we would have done cedar, but I didn't have anything. So it was just, it was just pine, uh, two by six Okay. that we, you know, we cut, um, a couple of seven foot lengths and ripped them in half and cut some grooves in them and went to town. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it was, um, it was one of those projects that you put off for way too long and then it takes mm-hmm. you two hours to do it. And you're like, Oh, that was easy. You know, like, why, yep. why did I wait? Yep. Um, but yeah. And then, um, I, after a year of homeschool, my, my kid is getting ready to go to summer school. And so I'm looking at that's not uh, because of the homeschooling. Uh, maybe I think we've broken him. I think uh, <laughs> I, 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 we it's me. I, it's all my fault. But no. Um, so we, we got a dual diagnosis of ADHD and um, I can't get in to get like a full workup until the end of the summer. And um, having to having a child and a grown up both with that going on in their brains, um, it's it's probably better for the child to be home when that's happening, but it's not good for the adult. <laughs> so uh, we decided, well, you know, we'll now that we know what we're working with, we can account for it and adjust. Mm-hmm. And uh, and dad needs to be able to work without interruption. So uh, so we're we're changing things up. And also, I mean, I I, I haven't really been able to do any um, any projects for customers. It's been it's all been shipping moxin springs and and packing up shave horse kits. That's about all the work I've done for the for the bench business lately. Mm-hmm. So it'll be nice to have the shop during the day again. So oh, so you gotta get that AC here. fixed. Yeah, yeah, I get the AC fixed, and then I'm then I'm looking at a batch of shave horses. I think oh, that's wh- what's coming up. Well, what AC do you have? Do you got like a mini? It's a split? mini split. Yeah, yeah. and oh. it was one of those self-installed deals. So it's but it's just it keeps breaking down, so it's time to spend the money and completely swap it out for a for a better version. Mm, okay. But yeah, it's been a good investment, other than the the occasional breakdown. It's 
having the heat from it in the su- in the winter and the cool in the summer has been really nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. How about you, Sean? Uh, I, you know, right up the uh, the garden alley a little bit. Um, I didn't take a vacation, but uh, this past weekend I felt it in my back the following day from flipping the compost pile. You know, got to do that every once in a while. Digging out some good stuff and mixed it into the dahlia beds. The dahlia beds got planted. We haven't planted our, our our vegetable garden yet, but you got me thinking because previously our cucumbers haven't done so well because we don't have a ton of support for them. So mm. on that. I'll send you a picture. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, it <laughs> does, yeah, something simple is great. We have a small raised bed that we've done previous years, cucumbers just on the one edge and then done some like simple wiring just to like have something to climb and it's been okay, but we'll see. And uh, otherwise, um, in one of these projects I thought about way too long and um, didn't take that long to do. It was my my son's um, ceiling fan stopped working. It's a separate switch to the light and it was a smart switch and it started blinking and I don't know what the hell that meant. And I looked into <laughs> it and I couldn't get it to reset. Um, so I swapped it out for another switch. I had a, another smart switch, but a simpler smart switch. This was a dimmable fan switch that it was previously in there. And that took all of like 15 minutes, but it was, it was nice to check that off. I'm like, <laughs> hey, it's a different switch, buddy, but it works. So there you go. Have a fan. So your, simple. Uh, your, your compost uh, comment reminded me of the fact that with all the woodworking content that I've put up, the number one video that's I've ever released is how to compost wood shavings. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> really? And every spring that video just takes off. I think if I ever get uh, affiliate status with YouTube, it'll be that video I'm writing on. <laughs> I never even thought about that. I don't honestly produce that much uh, as far as. Oh, man, I, shavings, I make but... you know, when I'm when I'm cranking out benches, man, the shavings just start to pile up. And I was like, mm-hmm. I gotta figure out. we do this huge composting with like five different bins. And uh, and I was like, OK, let's get to work. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that video is like the number one. It's every spring it, it takes off and. I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, see, you should have made a video of the trellis. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe when we replace it with cedar, we'll make another. There, there you go. Get one that that's gonna last longer than the pine, although the pine will last a few years. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it'll. I mean, it'll be if we take it in, especially if we take it in in the winter. Um, it'll last quite a while. So. Right. I mean, my my raised air. my raised beds are made out of pressure treated decking. You know, just staked yeah. at the corners and and in between. Uh, they're not going to last forever, but they were quick to do then. And next time I'll do it better. I actually mm-hmm. like, I forget who makes the the brackets. Um, oh, who previous guest was posting. Why can't I think of his name right now making these raised beds? But there's like good, like, I don't know if Lee Valley selling them or who, but they're like these nice, like metal corner brackets to accept to buy treated oh, material okay, yeah. or whatever. It would just make it so much simpler. I mean, I finger jointed the ones I, I, cross uh butt jointed you know each layer on another one just kind of just spitballing different ways of doing these things but um next time around when these things break down i'll probably do it better for sure we're, we're there now we've got one bed that completely died for the winter yep. there, there are some things that like home depot or something you can buy i don't know what they're made out of i've just seen pictures of them but are y'all familiar with the uh website wire cutter does a bunch of reviews and stuff uh-huh. yeah yeah yeah, they just posted one. I saw it today about mm. these. It's like how to build, build raised beds out of out of you know pieces that look like Legos. Well, it doesn't really yeah, look like Legos, yeah. but but it's a little it's a little block that you can put your two by material in. And I don't know what it's made out of, but apparently it's available at the home you know yeah. Home Depot. I mean, I I wouldn't mind making something out of like yeah. Trex decking. 
because mm-hmm. I don't. But that's flexible. That's the only downside is that thing will yeah. like, wave in the wind. But you know, something like that. That's just mm-hmm. it's never going to be bugged by bugs. It's not not going to rot or otherwise. Yeah. It's just meant we, to be a vessel on the ground. We made the decision to stay away from plastics and treated lumber for our mm-hmm. food. Right. That's Understood. that. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the, I would love to use that stuff, but it's like, I don't know what's leaching out of that stuff as you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just hope it's so. going down and not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. But I, I, think... I, I, all of these things are directly on sand. And so hopefully that sand is just filtering all that crap away. Yeah, we, yeah. And then, you know, honestly, like the dahlias, I mean, that is surrounded with treated boards, you know. That's food. In, in it's not food. It's not food. Yeah. So I'm not mm-hmm. eating but they didn't have a problem. They thrived. We had some of those plants that were seven, eight tall last year. You know, pretty, pretty impressive things. Mm. Anyway, so Kyle, how about you? Any gardening? Uh, no, no gardening. <laughs> oh, no good. gardening. Um, we did that a little bit earlier, but uh, yeah, yeah we, Texas, we, we we have greens and plants. I'll put it that way. Okay. Um, but we, yeah, we just got out of frost <laughs> like two weeks ago, so it's now's the time. <laughs> But no, I finally got all the exterior doors painted and hung, and uh, so that was great. In fact, I hung the last one uh, yesterday. Nice. So um, yesterday and today, I've been doing a little shop reorganization because having a door in your shop just took up all the room, and it wasn't, you know, a lot of it was because you got a door laying on saw sawhorses, but right. uh, but beyond that, it was like uh, I just place stuff you know you know how you do you, you got stuff you just go it'll live here for a while and then you <laughs> right. put some oh it'll live here next to the other thing and uh before you know it you're just eating you know tons of square footage with just stuff stacked around so uh, i spent all day yesterday cleaning out i got a little storage closet underneath uh stairs that come down and so there's mm-hmm. a little closet in the shop you know and so i spent yesterday cleaning that out reorganizing that you can actually walk into it now and moving a bunch of these things that i had putting them in actual bins putting them in that closet stuff that i don't you know need every day and stuff so been doing that and um should be done i'm pretty much done now but there's still a few few minor things i want to do tomorrow and uh then i can get back to actually you know doing some woodworking uh (laughs) i got i got a i got some inventory i need to build up and uh then uh, hopefully get to some actual projects. So we'll see, we'll see. But uh, yeah, it's kind of nice to do the uh, shop reward. Uh, yeah, the, I've had thoughts, serious thoughts lately yeah. in doing that. One of the things that I did do, uh, talking about things laying around, is all the hardware for my jigs is um, I finally went out and bought some of these. You can buy them at Harbor Freight, and it's like this little briefcase-looking thing that has like 20 compartments in it, you mm-hmm. know? you can store stuff in and it's a lot better than those little bins that people you know put screws and stuff into because this you can pick up and take with you to the workbench and open it up and everything's right there so um, i bought a couple more of those i now have six of them i think um i've used these before for other stuff for other hardware type stuff but now i have three dedicated slowly to solely to uh jig making so um that should help out some i've been meaning to do that for a while just one of those things you never get to and then you know yesterday late yesterday afternoon ago well let's run to harbor freight and pick some up so we it's did time. and you can't beat them it's they're nine bucks each not bad anyway, 
Yeah, and I think they have like 20 compartments, large, medium, and small, and they're about the size of a briefcase and have a handle and all that kind of stuff on them. So anyone that's, you know, in the mood to do something like that, highly recommend that from Harbor Freight. So um, it's one of those, I don't buy much for Harbor Freight, but, you know, they got some gems, and that's one of the gems. Is it, the rule is uh, nothing with a tail? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and I was in there. I was, you know, once you go in there, you got to walk down every aisle and look at all the crap they have and then other stuff. And I'm like, I saw this trailer <laughs> they ha- had that you can fold up and can support like 1,500 pounds for like 600 bucks. And they had it and I went... You know, I could use something like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, just I just I need an impulse buy. Let me see what I could find. Right. Exactly. That that trailer is one that people use. You remember Brian was talking about that uh, wooden or that plywood uh, teardrop trailer you yeah. wanted to mm-hmm. build. Uh, that is one of the trailers that they say you can get by with this if you want to. You know, you can buy our trailer, but you can also use this one. Hmm. And I said, hmm. mm, it's Harbor Freight. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> no, the only thing that was interesting about this one is it, fold, is it folds, you could fold yeah. it up and, you know, store it, you know, just a uh, little space. And I went, hmm, that's interesting. That's interesting. It still has that stigma. Just that yeah. little caveat when you get something, they're like, yeah. But it's, it's from Harbor Freight. But it's from Harbor Freight. Exactly. <laughs> you want to find out if it's good as you're going down the road. That's yeah, 80 yeah. miles an hour <laughs> is not a test I want to do. You know, a couple things. I don't want I don't want a motor to burn up in my hand, and I don't want something to fall off while I'm driving it around. <laughs> so it's from Harbor Freight. Yeah. Just spent just spent eight weeks building this thing and fiberglassing yeah. it, sanding it, <laughs> just right. to have it destroyed on the highway no thanks potentially you know if you are fiberglassing it you might have made it stronger you never know yeah, yeah well the tra- you're not fiberglassing the trailer ah, that's true yeah. <laughs> that's true well yeah and that's that's the way i looked at it i was like okay you know i need a trailer like two maybe three times a year and i usually just go to u-haul and rent one for you know like yeah. 20 bucks for the day yeah but and that, those tra- that their, their while, trailers kind of are you know they're built to be rented so they're overly they're built and tough. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, most of them are extremely difficult to get stuff in and out of because they're overbuilt, you know, mm-hmm. kind of that kind of thing. I, so, they're not pretty, but they'll handle your crap. That's yeah, that's, they'll handle your crap. But you know, so I was like, eh, I don't know. But you know, that's what what twenty bucks three times a year. That's sixty bucks a year. Yeah, and be a few years before that paid for itself. So right, I, right. Yeah, always got to do an ROI analysis. <laughs> exactly. And see when will this be benefiting me. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing. I think the uh, you know the Harbor Freight is the U-Haul place is like closer than the Harbor Freight for me. And the Harbor Freight is like <laughs> three miles down the road. I think it's like two there. miles. Yeah, right. <laughs> Convenience, man. Because you have to plan to return that trailer to Harbor Freight, so that's gonna well, it's yeah, gonna need to, to be returned. It. Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, like so. storages. Exactly. Yeah, that too. Let well, Harbor Freight store it. Well, anyway, well, let's move on. So, Josh, uh, what are you working on? Uh, I'm working on a table that I've, I've been working on for a while. It's it's one, it's kind of inspired by, well, it's, it's very much inspired by design uh, by Charles Rennie Macintosh mm-hmm. for the Argyle Street Tea Rooms. Uh, and I've kind of rescaled it to be a, a side table. Instead of the dark colored oak that he used, it's, I'm using black cherry and I've changed uh, the carvings and stuff. Uh, I I think I'm getting close to actually putting the thing together. Uh, 
So uh, almost on the home stretch, but it's still it's very much uh, kind of all over. It's 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 what's on my bench and what's next to the bench and what's over on the shelves, mm-hmm. uh, it, mm-hmm. you know, across the shop. And it's it's still very much in pieces and in progress. Well, cool. Yeah, I've seen I've seen you work on it. So that's got some uh, some interesting carvings on it. Um, I think on there's like three pedestal type things and it's got like a, i guess it's like a tulip with uh cut out and all kinds of interesting right yeah things. yeah like a heart shape under a tulip yeah but right yeah so so it's, so it's really a pierced cool. carving on on each leg you know so that it's a square table there so there are four kind of diagonal oh, cool. set legs uh and each in in mine and the original has a pierced carving in it uh mm-hmm. his original carving was kind of an abstract sort of thing and i just decided you know i'm gonna do a, a tulip and a heart and you know my wife likes tulips and th- there we go that's uh there. and and i thought maybe you know it might be simpler i'm not sure if i made it simple <laughs> <laughs> well that's great well it that's great. made it simpler by not building it himself he scribbled something on paper and just, right right yeah so what yeah. what's more interesting i guess interesting isn't the word but um it looks like you've you've done the carving in stages. Are are you continually disassembling and reassembling this thing to to I, make progress yeah, like, or? Yes. So I did. I, I I shaped the legs and made the you know kind of made the structure of the table and then did the carvings mm-hmm. on it. And, and I've been maybe part of the reason it looks like it's in stages because there are eight of them, right? So one on each side of each. Oh, leg. that may, yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? No, I didn't think about that, but you're right. But, yeah, but it's, it's so I've been trying, right. I, you know, I try to resist, especially with this, resist the temptation to just like, I'm going to do a carving and then I'll go to the next leg and do another carving and, and do that like eight times because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm new at this. I, I've mm-hmm. done a, I did a bunch of practice tulip carving poplar, uh, tulip poplar uh and you know all of them were different and i I didn't want to do that and so i try with these carvings i tried to do them like all eight kind of do the same step or the same two Mm -hmm. three steps Uh, assembly line it kind of thing like that like right except of a very very slow uh, my spare time kind of assembly yes, line. Yes. It's not like, exactly it's, what Ford envisioned, but uh, yes, right. still same concept. This is you're 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 doing the right thing. I mean, this is in in Galbert's book, in his chair making book. Uh, he talks about you know take each leg when you're turning it to this to a certain stage, and even though it takes longer, take mm-hmm. it off the lathe, bring yeah. the next leg to the same stage until you have a pile of them that all look pretty close to the same. Then. Because you're, it's just what you said. When you get to the end, you're that last flower. If you carve the whole thing all at once, it's going to look yeah. so much better than the first right. one, and you're going to want to redo them all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I, I don't, but also uh, it's it's the same thing. If you you know any any other thing, if you've got a tool set up, if you've got a router with a bit in it, do every function before you have to change that bit, unless you're Diami and have one router per bit. You know that you can have all the setups done, but that that just makes smart sense. If if your router plane is set to an ending certain depth with a certain cutter, mm-hmm. do that for when it's in use before you ever change anything. It make, right. totally makes sense. Yeah, keep keep the same gouge in your hand as long as you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um so is this the this is the first carving you've done? It seems like what what's the funnest part about this particular yeah, table? So, is it the actual building of the table or is it the carving? Uh, 
I, I don't know. It, it, it kind of like this is here's where I really uh, enjoy the luxury of the hobbyist. Right. I, mm-hmm. I dive into this project at this point three years ago uh, is when I started <laughs> the pandemic. But but, uh, you know, so I started a few years ago and I, I had no idea how to do this. Uh, and there have been some things even kind of recently as scratching my head trying to figure out how I'm going to do it. Uh, and, and so I think, you know, things, yeah, the whole process has been interesting because I changing the dimensions and how do you change the dimensions in a way that doesn't look stupid. And uh, I've seen, you know, there's a very well-known uh, company that makes very solid furniture that has a version of this table out and they change the dimensions in a way that I think makes it look too stocky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I didn't want to do that, and so I've, I've, I've drawn this table more times than Macintosh ever did uh, <laughs> by a long shot, and I've drawn, I, I've, I've drawn tulips so many times that, like a, I mean, yeah, you think I was trying to cover the walls of my, like my padded cell or something with the pictures, <laughs> uh, and, and so just you know, kind of ad- adapting this and thinking about how to do it. Uh, has been interesting and, and learning how to like learning the carving. I kind of, I decided I wanted to make this thing that had carving. And so then I start, start watching videos and buying gouges and practicing like, like Mary May has a thing where, you know, you carve a donut and, and that kind of stuff. And it just, mm-hmm. you have to, you start thinking about this, uh, you know, the, the wood grain you had been thinking about it already in, in, in a different way. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing about that is you know, as you're learning, you're discovering the nuance that's involved with all of it. You know, it's what is a sharp tool and how does that perform or what does that grain look like as you're trying that process? And in your case, having four pieces with eight sides that you're trying to duplicate everything, there's going to be differences. And how do you what? deal with that to make them look the same? I mean, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, and ultimately, I'm going to deal with a lot of it by just realizing that no one's going to disassemble the table and look, <laughs> yes, at, look yes, at everything side right. by side and, and I, I that's, that's uh, normally the truth no yeah. one's going to look at it like you're uh, going to look at it right and, and you can look at and you look at carving like people who are just outstanding carvers and and you'll see little things here and there that's not you know if you were you know someone might obsess about but probably need to let go and no one else is going to notice at least mm-hmm. i uh, but, <laughs> Yeah. It, it's also been it's been a challenge trying to figure out how to draw 5000 tulips when you can barely write your own name because you, you know, I'm like, I'm not I'm not I'm not an artist. I don't have, uh, you know, my, my handwriting can be compared to, you know, poorly compared to most zoo animals. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's great. Now, now, primarily, are you interested in the arts and crafts style? Is that uh, not necessarily? It's just kind of. This piece is I, I, I saw his stuff. I, I I like. Well, Macintosh is a little different than most of the arts of crafts, yes. even though he is right. considered part of that mo- movement. Yeah. Right, and he's yeah. so he's kind of transitional toward Art Nouveau. Right. Uh, and one of the things that I've I've learned about him, I went to our art library and got a, this great book. It's like complete drawings of Charles Rennie Macintosh, and and it goes into some detail about him him kind of in his career and process and so on uh he differed sharply from the arts and crafts people in that he didn't care as much how things were put together and so mm-hmm. while they would you know, like let's be sure we have traditional mortise and tenon everywhere kind of he was just like no i 
I drew this thing. You go make it. And mm-hmm. uh, and and some of it, you know, there is more design, but there's other things where it's just he didn't care. Like that was mm-hmm. that was the he problem. Didn't specify. Whoever, right. Uh, and, and someone so of like the the architect yeah. issue. Right? Architects will draw these beautiful structures, and then when the the trades are going to put it together, they go, "How the hell did you expect this to work? We're going to have right. to do this or this, you know, like." And, and, and he was he was an architect, and so that's uh, oh, a yeah, yeah, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. The, the aesthetics of his pieces I like a lot. Uh, his his chairs look like they were designed to punish people who sat down and got in the way of his his uh his design uh they they look usually pretty uh, uncomfortable but but a a lot of the tables i i like uh yeah and i think he has some uh interesting sideboards that have like uh believe some tiles and stuff like that in there yeah yeah Yeah, and and a lot of those tiles i think he and uh his his wife and others he worked with closely designed those. Uh, yeah, yeah so well, it, the aesthetics are really interesting. It it is an odd choice of table for someone who mostly works with hand tools. Mm-hmm. Because uh, mm-hmm. like some of the stuff you would do, like you you know you build a table and you the the part of the leg where you're putting the the mortise is is your reference, right? And and that's your reference surface. You know you need to be sure that's that's flat and all of that kind of stuff. And then the outside parts of the leg just need to look right. mm-hmm. and, and then it's fine. But this table, you go down the, you know, there's the inside part where the mortise goes in and further down, it then has this ledge on which a shelf sits. And so you, if you are thinking, well, I want to joint that whole edge too bad, right? You, you can't. Yeah, exactly. So then your reference on. surface is opposite of where the mortise is going to be. And so there's a little, you know, head scratching about that. And and it, you know, it, it works out. That part of the table was ultimately easier than the carvings. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. it is, it's a... But, but no, Mark, I think you made a good point. I wonder if the originals, if that ledge was just glued on to the other part of it. it if I was trying to make a living building these things, that's how I'd do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it and you know they were. It, so. it might have been. Uh, yeah. I, Even I was if it was for- like cut off and glued back on at the end, yeah. you know, because, you know, I'm looking at this and the, the, the rails that go across the top could have actually come out of that top section, uh, the negative space on the inside of that ra- at leg. Uh, right. And then you just cut the bottom part to a certain shape after you glue mm-hmm. it back on. And but I don't know that they would have even cared to be that particular about it. They could have just gotten a totally different piece of wood that kind of looked, you know, came from the same board or same area of the tree or whatever. So yeah, you know, there was um there was something I just saw recently where it was like a skirt board underneath a, a desk or something, and it was it had this kind of like OG curving to it, and then realizing that the the inside underneath was the negative that was cut out of the facing side. And there was a flat joint between the two things. It was purely aesthetic and I forget who it was, but it was on a classic design and you could see, you could even see the line that the two pieces joined, but Mm -hmm. from a distance, it was like, Oh, this is a beautiful kind of like the back and front of it flow together because this, but in reality, they didn't go through that to make a super wide board and just do that detail on both sides and make it exact. They cut through one side and took that flat side and the other side and stuck it to the inside. Yeah, mm-hmm. and called they it. Use their use their offcuts to carry the theme. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly, yeah. and it makes it like a symmetrical follow through. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna ask that, like, so not, not that specifically, but are, are you taking some liberties on this now? I mean, you've got it to a, a standing table form. Yes. But are the legs gonna be flowed in your own way? Is the tabletop gonna be not quite square in your own way? You know, uh, have fun with it. Well, it, I mean, th- things will be not quite square just because, just because <laughs> I'm, I'm making it. And, and well, I don't mean things. I don't mean like that's not what he was like, saying. Uh, Come on now. Yeah, geometry <laughs> square. I don't mean that. I mean I mean just relatively no, rectangular in form. No, it, it's gonna look to, to people who aren't breaking out measuring tools. It's gonna mm. be a square table. Okay. Uh, I'm not taking that that many liberties. It's it's all gonna look. Yeah, it's it's gonna look square enough. Which it's going along great. Enough. I mean, I I don't care how long it takes. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 It's an awesome, awesome piece. Where did you first uh, see this piece? Uh, I I think it was kind of a, a rabbit hole I went down because years ago there was a like a I don't know, some kind of it was a, another Macintosh design that was in say it was in popular woodwork and my daughter saw it and decided that I needed to build that and she's like look they have these instructions so when you decide to build this you can you can follow this and i'm like well <laughs> we don't I, I don't know where i would put that we don't kind of don't need that sort of table but i then started looking at his his side table mm-hmm. uh, and 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 other or other tables that could be shaped into a side uh, and so it was just then down a, a rabbit hole looking up uh you know use google image search for right macintosh and square table mm-hmm. and and he you know he designed a few so the a lot, lot of a lot of pictures mm. cool yeah now that you say that i think i vaguely remember something in popwood about a macintosh table that that was i don't want to say similar but had some uh i want to say the the leg layout was similar yeah. The, yeah. the diagonal legs and uh with, with some kind of pierced feature is something he used um mm-hmm. yeah c- certainly more than one well, well, cool. Well, you you mentioned that you're primarily uh, use hand tools. Um, are you a hundred percent hand tool person? No, uh, no. not not a hundred percent. A good I, hybrid. Yeah, I, I I pretty recently got a, a bandsaw. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't have for for most of this table. I didn't. Uh, I also have a drill press. My dad said I have a drill press. Do you want it? Uh, so <laughs> like, yep. That's- sure. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, that's why I have a table saw that I don't use. I have a table saw because yeah. my dad had one. Do I want it? So yeah, the the bandsaw is is super handy. Uh, I might, you know, I, I'm not against getting a planer. I, I saw someone selling a, a Delta bandsaw, you know, the the late eighties, uh, you know, fourteen inch bandsaw right. for for like three hundred bucks in Craigslist, and so, <laughs> so so I bought that, and it's it's yeah. great because. Uh, like cross cutting with a handsaw is is easy and short rip cuts are not a problem but long rip cuts with a a handsaw even uh you know they can be easier or 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 more difficult if you know depending on the saw you're using but it's still a lot of work even with a really you know coarsely set handsaw uh relatively few teeth per inch it's it's a lot more work than running it through a bandsaw yes uh, so so it's a big it saves a lot of work there for sure uh, 
Well, that makes sense. Most most of all the hundred uh, percent hand tool people I know have a uh, planer and a bandsaw. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just they yeah. just don't show it on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. For sanity's sake, I I think Shannon is is proof of that. You know, like yes, I can. Doesn't mean I want to all the time, and especially when it's important, mm-hmm. it's way easier to use that machine to do that work. Yeah. Let the fine work be done by hand. I, I think it's Im- important. It's important to know how to do that stuff and practice once in a while because yeah. sometimes you have no choice. But yeah, uh, it's, you know, unless you enjoy like meditative, tedious tasks, I, I just don't, don't see spending my time to rip a board by hand. Yeah. And it's also, it's, it's certainly an easier thing to do in some woods than, than others. Oh, yeah. I, I've a, I, I have a rip saw that will fly through, you know, walnut, but then I, I got some pieces of dogwood and, Oh God. <laughs> that's that's uh like the rip saw teeth is just like you know trying to cut something with door stops it's just no it doesn't doesn't work <laughs> but a bandsaw doesn't care yeah yeah well that that is that is interesting so so um so hand tools so um obviously you're using on on the carving you're using gouges and router mm-hmm. planes and stuff like that now yeah. Now, I think I saw on your feed where you have taken a, a class or two. Now, did yes. you do some, you did, I assume you did some online stuff with Mary May and then attended I, some in-person classes? I, I've watched, yeah, yeah. Uh, in-person, or I watched online stuff for yeah. everything. I mean, from from the very beginning, uh, yeah. watch, you know, YouTube, I was watching stuff to figure out how to do things. Uh, but yeah, I've taken quite a few classes. And the most recent one was on, carving with aspen gull on uh i mean and it's a, a great class I, I think all of the classes i've taken were were well worth it uh and and i i took her class when i was you know i was well into these carvings but it was still uh really interesting and useful and the idea of using like the router plane mm-hmm. uh you know get, getting a mini router plane when i was you know I, on a break kind of grabbed her and and uh and decide to to bugger about my own problems uh she you know that's one of the things she suggested uh and there are also you know there are plenty of things during that class where where she was doing something and i, I looked at it and like oh why didn't i do that like that was <laughs> i wish i had known that before i started uh mm-hmm. so yeah uh, mostly w- with these carvings I, I definitely got started by just kind of watching videos and and screwing up pieces of wood well, cool, cool. Now, one of the things I think you mentioned earlier about about doing this carvings is really learning about uh, grain direction and and things of that nature. So, mm-hmm. is is you think after this you're going to become more of a carver type person? Uh, I have no idea. I'm gonna. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm gonna like whatever uh, whatever catches my eye. Sort of. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll go after that. I think. There are kind of some shop projects I, I want to do after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go down uh, to Georgia in the summer to build a chair with a couple of other economists. Uh, <laughs> yes, we, we have a we have a support group for, for economists who do woodworking. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, is the most it, interesting it is. Uh, interesting dynamic economists going into a hobby that can be exceptionally expensive <laughs> right. uneconomical yes. uh, <laughs> right it, well and one of us yeah what one of the rusty churnus is one down in georgia he that teaches chair making uh and he's he's kind of getting into t- 
teaching chair making. He had, he's done some. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's built quite a few chairs. Um, well, what, what kind and, of chairs? So he's done Windsor and, and ladder back chairs. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know that name. And yeah, uh, I wish I, it's Instagram. I, I, I think it might just be R Chernus. Uh, spelled, it's spelled Chernus. Uh, T T C H. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. E E R N N I S. Uh, yeah, his, his, yeah, def, definitely a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, but yeah, he's going to lead another economist and I through, uh, through the democratic chair. Uh, ah, so, okay. so that'll be this summer. Uh, Excellent. and yeah, and then the, you know, I've shot projects going to do next a lot of things that I've been thinking about doing, but I didn't want to do yet one more project before I finish this table I've been working on forever. Cause I've mm-hmm. done like, I, I, I wrote out a list of the various things I've done since i i started this project and it's quite you know like i built a panel gauge and that was actually you know kind of like a panel gauge to make this and so i i made a panel gauge and uh, made, made my mom a cane and i uh, was doing online teaching i had a, you know, made myself a laptop stand because i had weird ideas of what those should do and <laughs> get on the market and uh yeah uh, no longer using it but uh it was handy for a while uh, yeah, so I've 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 gone off on enough tangent while making this table. I'm trying to all all of the ideas for awesome tangents I want to run off on. I'm trying to put aside. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's cool. So so um so what's the most uh, project you're proudest of that that you finished so far? Uh, probably a a side table or or, or not a side table. Uh, I I think he calls it a hall table. I followed a video classes by richard mcguire uh, okay who's, who's awesome english like his, woodworker. his yep. yes the english woodworker yeah. I, I think he's uh he, he doesn't promote himself as as much as maybe he should but he's he, i i think his instruction style is really excellent um and yeah so so i made his i think he calls it english hall tape uh which it, it does look vaguely shakerish because it's not fancy and he but he's quick to point out it's just a it's it's just a table it's not not the shakers <laughs> it's, they, they didn't they didn't invent four legs i think that's <laughs> a, but yeah i i really like that it's a cherry top milk painted base cool cool yeah yeah i see that on your feed yeah that is a really nice table and i always like the uh the i guess the contrast between uh, milk paint and the uh, raw wood i know that's that's actually that, that actually looks really really sharp mm-hmm. yeah that is cool now you also have a stool in your feed that's uh that looks pretty pretty cool that i think you took a class to build that one so there there were i, I took two stool classes okay uh th- there's the I'm looking at the lost art press one i guess that you took at lost art press Okay, well, so I took two stool classes. Else. That's oh, okay. A, people well. should go there. It's a, it's a great place. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the first one I took was... They, they say uh, they're not running a school, but they seem to be running a school. Well, or maybe, <laughs> maybe I just uh, have a knack for wedging myself onto the courses. Uh, I, I'm close by, so I can... That helps. I, I, that I don't need sure a plane helps. ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I took the, the three-legged stool in the anarchist design book. I took that class with Chris okay. Schultz. Yeah, um, that was the first one I did, and that's a great like that's the stool I have in my shop, and it's it's super it's it's great to have around. Uh, it looks awesome. You get to play with fire at the end when you you know burn it and uh, uh you know the, the, the whatever the scorched finish 
Oh, yeah. Uh, I also took a class there with Andy Glenn. And okay. it was a Greenwood stool made out of ash. Uh, and, and Andy's also a fantastic instructor. He uh, runs the school at Berea. Berea. Uh, he's, he's writing a book for Lost Art Press, too. So that's on uh, chairs in the, in the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, but yeah, the Greenwood stool uh, is also th- that's actually in the same room room of my house as the the hall table. Uh, that's a, that was another fun fun project, and that was I think the only project I've I've done where I, I got to use a, uh, a a a shave horse, which is that's just loads of fun. Oh well, you might have used Mark's shave horse. <laughs> yeah, I, I might have. Yeah, I I, I did. I kind of looked around like which one to grab it, so it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> did it have a golden uh, a brass plate in it that you were looking at the whole time you were shaving parts actually yes so that's yeah uh, that was my it, shave horse it's, it's an excellent shave horse yeah. oh thank you yeah it, it's the best one i've ever used it was it was really fun getting an order from lost art press for a shave horse that was uh it's like i've made it i've done it <laughs> <laughs> and then you go oh crap this has got to be the most perfect shave horse i've ever yes. made Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. I've actually used that shave horse at uh, Lost Heart Press. I, I just tried it out, see how see how yeah. it worked. But yeah, it's a, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> Might have to buy one from some guy. I don't yeah, know. There's a batch coming. In the there's next a batch coming. So. Yeah. Starting. I, I, I have a a big beam of pop watch that I keep. I'm gonna do something with it, and mm-hmm. and it might might be a shave horse, but I'm not sure where I would put it or how much I would use it. It might be. It might be a chair seat. I'd, I don't know what it'll be. It, it was something I just found stuck in the rafters. Of my- well, that's good. Yeah, I actually have two shave horses, and that's one of the things in the sh- shop org I was doing yesterday because I got one piled up in the corner in parts. It, you know, it, it disassembles. So I was sitting there going, do I really need two shave horses? Do I really need two shave horses? And I uh, came to the conclusion that I do. So yeah, anyway. I was going to say, the answer might <laughs> yeah. be simply no, but not <laughs> wise choice. Apparently. Do I need to get rid of these shave horses? No. No, no. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. not that. But do yeah. they have two different functions, the question? You have a, you have a spare now. When one of them gets overheated, you just go to the next one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You got to rest Honey, I've overheated my shave horse. Yes. I yeah. must I mean, you, the other one. You want a nice, cool seat? You just go to the other there shave There it is. Pool? Actually, hey, the, the Pony Express riders didn't ride the same horse all the way across the country. They, they'd trade right. them out. They'd go to the horse depot Salesman and get a new horse, speech. and off they would ride. Oh, man, uh, you just planted a, uh, a seed for Instagram reel in my head. So anyway. <laughs> oh, man. You and Brian hopes. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just going to be the producer here. I'll get Brian to actually do it, you know. <laughs> But anyway, well, that that is fantastic. Well, so before we let you go, um, tell us a little bit about your uh, day job. We mentioned it kind of at the first that, yeah. that you're a, uh, a professor. So where, where exactly uh, do you reside at? As yeah, well? I, I'm, I'm an associate professor of economics at the University of Louisville. Oh, OK. So I, I've been here for I'm looking at the count for uh, do 13 years. Okay. Uh, I, I was I was worked for the federal government in a research job uh for several years before that mm-hmm. you were you so, were there when i was there oh yeah where Louisville? i i i well i went to school at georgia tech but i did co-op work in louisville okay. for brown foreman so oh, yeah. i lived uh because i was a student i was able to get 
campus housing. So I, I lived in the dorm with the basketball team. It was an interesting place to live. Okay. Yes. <laughs> As not a basketball player, I'm sure that would yes. be interesting. Yes. Yes. And, yeah. and trying to play uh, pickup games with the University oh, of Louisville no. basketball team. Good, good they luck. they yeah. were they were very amused. They really enjoyed having me out there. <laughs> and uh, no no offense, Mark, but I've met the you. I've I've stood next to you. You're not a basketball player. No, in I, height, I in yeah, height, not, let alone I, your skill may may outweigh what you what I know of you. No, but it's not it's not just the height. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I, 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 I would was ask the, if you uh, got to enjoy the recruiting violations that were going on in the. No, oh, no, they, they were on a different floor. They were on a different floor. We, we, they were oh. uh, they were higher up, but, but yeah, but they were always hanging out downstairs. At the, there was a basketball hoop right outside the door, and uh, you know I was I had nothing to do at night. I had no homework. Um, it's kind of like being a basketball player, right? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, sure, I'll play, you know. And and they all had they had a great laugh. It was fun, I, you know. It was a unique experience. I guess. I've spent time in Louisville, and whatever that tiny town in Indiana across the river from Louisville is. Um, Colgate? Uh, I think it is. There's a nice city walk bridge New, over New the Albany river. or, or uh, yeah, Jefferson. It's literally there, like there I couple. stayed in a hotel that I could walk to the bridge that crosses the Ohio River right there. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, a lovely area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd never, before we moved here, I it had been a, a city I drew, drove through. Because uh, mm-hmm. I, I went to school in the Chicago area and and from North Carolina. It was on the way. That was yeah, my, sure. It, it was it was a it was an interstate sign before I, I I looked at a job here. Yeah, we stopped at the Bat Factory on the way to Mammoth Caves one year. The kids, you know, like on the way okay. down, yeah. you know. So, but yeah, it's a it's a cool area. And like you said, like you're you're in you're in the Cincinnati vicinity, being right. near Louisville. I mean, that's not actually that far of a go. That's like for me to Ann Arbor, you know. It, up, up yeah. here it's not bad yeah yeah how far away is it it's like two three hours For, oh wait from cincinnati no 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 from louisville oh. to louisville to cincinnati L- louisville Fort to Mitchell. cincinnati is like a, a hour and a half or two hour yeah. and a half okay yeah, yeah okay. it's not that bad no yeah so that makes it really good for classes you don't need yeah. a hotel room or anything well oh no i i, I do because <laughs> i'm not a morning person so i i got a hotel room <laughs> okay okay got that would be be showing up for the nine o'clock class at 11 30 or something and it would yeah. be a mess i could um, not swing that drive that's a that's yeah. a hilly yeah that's uh it's a twisty yeah. if i remember the last time i went through there yeah it's, it's a twisty wooded on both sides kind of road yeah couple and hills it's, yeah it's uh, unpredictable in terms of like there's there's going to okay. be a wreck somewhere and of course that. there's yeah. going to be some reason that Waze tells yeah. you to turn off way earlier than you expected <laughs> for sure okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. well you know i i'm just used to commuting to work an hour and <laughs> 10 minutes to right 20 minutes yeah, yeah so. well, oh yeah that yeah, yeah. The, that, that was, that's why i live in a old victorian that's close to campus because <laughs> we we came from the dc area where yeah our commute which was 45 minutes each way if things went well right was yeah. was close like we yeah. Yeah, that that's we're right across the river in alexandria and that was it's still awful yeah. uh, i mean and, i, and I know i i and live I in a weirdly fortunate midwestern area where i have a 12 minute drive to work and i'm going 10 miles like it doesn't it's nothing you know there's mm-hmm. no major anything um but stories like that and and obviously Kyle in Texas everything's bigger. When I visited down there, it's like, oh, I'm not too far away. It's 45 minutes. I'm like, well, not too far away from me is like 10 miles, not 
<laughs> that 45 minutes. Okay, fine. It's it, it worked out fine. But if that was your daily commute, I mean, no hell, hell no. I Kyle, yeah, for no. you, I would not. I would. I pro- not that there's anything in between. But I don't know if I would have commuted from where you live to Houston on a daily yeah. basis. You know, like that's 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 a bit much. But you know, like yeah, I, yeah. Especially well, driving, you wouldn't want driving. To, yeah, of course. And Diami living Long Island, working in New York. You know, I've heard those horror stories. Like if I leave at five o'clock in the morning, it's a forty-five minute drive. On my way home, it might take two hours. Like oh yeah. God. Yeah. Ugh. Well, yeah, I. You know, I did carpool, so uh, me and a buddy of mine at work, uh, you know, so that <laughs> that helps, you know. And, and then we had the uh, the great idea that goes, hey, why don't we um, get in at seven in the morning and leave at four instead of the normal eight to five type mm-hmm. madness? And then change things. Then we went, wow, everyone's coming in at seven and leaving. At four. <laughs> Everyone had the same idea. <laughs> It's like, it didn't make that much of a difference, but you know, Hey, it is what it is. But, uh, anyway, but so you've been, you've been there in Louisville. How long did you say? 13 years. I love you. Look at the calendar. Is that, yeah. 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 Looking back is, it doesn't seem. Well, for, for a professor, that's a pretty long stint, isn't it? Heck yeah. It's, I mean, it's a decent stint. Uh, it's, you know, usually you have kind of, uh, you know, you basically six years to tenure. Uh, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. they decide to to promote you or fire you, right? Uh, sure, so, sure. So I haven't been fired, and and now basically they can't uh, <laughs> it, unless it, as long as they wear pants to class, they they can't. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's, you're, think, you're in that position. Yeah, that's I, good. I haven't run that past HR. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, re- I remember someone saying, "Yeah, if you want to be a professor, it's a it's an interesting lifestyle, but uh, you never get to choose where you want to live." It's yeah, yeah. That that <laughs> yeah. was I was trying to leave the government for a few years, and it was uh, yeah in in the middle of the the Great Recession, and so a lot of like it was it was a terrible time to be looking for because state schools yeah. were just canceling their mm-hmm. hiring left and right. Uh, sometimes in the middle of hiring, like I'd go to yeah. interviews with people, and then they'd say, "Oh yeah, we just had to cancel everything." Uh, but yeah, you go where the job is. Uh, yeah. And it's worse in some disciplines. Uh, e- econ is one where most universities want to hire people, and and we and we have some outside options. So they don't pay us terribly, but like if you're in you know, French lit or something, you're yeah. Good luck to you. That's a uh, exactly. Hmm. Well, th- that's interesting. And yes, yes. Only an economist would look for a job during the uh, Great Recession. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You you would think I I, I would know better, but. Uh, yeah, not at all. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it goes. Well, fantastic. Well, it's when I wanted to lose. Exactly. Well, is there anything else um, that you'd like to promote or tell us about? Uh, yeah. Are there we did cover? Not really. Uh, all right. Well, everyone in college who's listening should take econ classes. There you go. Very important. Uh, very important. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. It's very important. As I previously mentioned, I took like a micro econ and a macro econ. I remember those terms. I don't yep. remember the differences right. between the two, yeah. but yeah. Uh, something about the the local uh, like mattress and sofa store always having going out of business stores was a lesson. Like there's <laughs> that, something that about would be that. Micro, yeah. That, that's yeah. Micro. Uh, okay. But I mean, just look at Kyle. Like his. You don't need to listen to me. Look at Kyle as he's econ major. You, that's that's all you need to know. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and and I never invested in crypto except for three days ago when it. Oh no! <laughs> to right, right. Yeah, I, I I haven't died. Hey, now's the time, man. I, I, I did. I did. I bought uh, ten dollars of uh, what is it? Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Yeah. Oh my God, no! <laughs> oh no! Are you an Ethereum guy, Mark? It, it was eight cents. Yes. It was eight cents a, yes. a, a token. Oh, let me so teach when, you about this thing called market cap. <laughs> oh no! I was just doing and it. Your for econ fun. professor can tell you all about that. Oh yeah, I was just doing it for fun. Uh, By the way, I, oh I, I know, made like twenty percent on my investment. We we all start. Uh, we all start. Yeah, that way. Yeah, exactly. No, I was just oh, doing it. Cheap me, it is. me and a friend of mine were were on a call and we were talking about it. And I go, while we're talking, <laughs> I'm gonna go dump <laughs> some money in the cheapest one I can find. So I did. <laughs> It's like the the cash register purchase system. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's the gum on the way out. This yeah. pack of gum, or do I want the some impulse buy? Yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had a or, good or, or it's the better thing where I'm willing to just absolutely watch ten dollars burn up if I lose it. That's fun. exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. It's I a reasonable what, bet. Yeah. I, actually, I got my ten bucks back because I paid someone on. Venmo not too long ago, and I never used Venmo. And when I signed up, they said, "Oh, we'll give you ten dollars if you sign up." So, oh, there you go. So, That's free money. Free money. Yeah, sadly, that, uh, sadly, you will probably get you know thirty bucks out of that ten dollar investment. So exactly, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> as much know? as I as much as I protest the Dogecoin purchase, like <laughs> you know, if you're gonna make if you're gonna buy a Dogecoin, now's the time to do it because that's two hundred percent, right? I mean, that's oh yeah, for, that's that's the know? craziness of cryptocurrencies yeah it also dropped like 98 percent in uh in the span of six days so yeah um you know and, and other other coins insured, other coins went to zero yeah yes it's a whole different podcast but uh, it is. Yeah. It is. yeah well all i know is i'm not selling until it gets over 100 bucks there you go <laughs> <laughs> hold strong kyle hold strong exactly I'll, I'll do the math on that for you kyle and we'll see we'll well, see how likely it is but i'm not going to do it on the podcast <laughs> okay well let's say 100 bucks yeah 100 bucks okay now for my entire investment 100 bucks per coin that's what i'm saying yeah 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 so it might be be in it for a few years who knows anyway well let's go over our <laughs> fortnightly beer choices or may we say what i was drinking when i bought dodge Dogecoin or how we pronounce it. <laughs> how much were you drinking? That's the question. Exactly. It's not, it's exactly. not what, it's how much. Much. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'm just drinking the house favorite around here, Guinness, tonight. Nice. Uh, Sean, what are you drinking? So I was uh, I went through the beer store today and I found something that's um, appears to be Ohio local as it it's called Heart State. And I guess the state of Ohio kind of looks like a heart. Um, okay. I, I don't know exactly where Gahana, Ohio is, but that's where it's brewed. Um, and it's called Ache, I think. A-C-H-E. I don't know yes, if that's, that's a, Ache. Yeah. I know that's Ache in English, but I don't know if it's trying to mean something else. But it's an orange creamsicle sour. So, you know, if ooh. someone says sour to me, I'm like, ooh, really? It's not that sour. And it's not that orangey. Oh, man. I, 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 I'm I'm confused. And maybe I have to have another or, or more than two. But it's... um. It's interesting. I've never heard of them. I don't know where they, you know, where they came from, but they're they're in my local shop. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you're in Ohio, let me know if you've tried the Heart State Ache uh, and uh, and see what you think. It's an, although kind of not unimpressive. It's it's oh. 5.5%. It's a little more Wait. alcoholic than the standard Miller Lite, but um, 
yeah, is not, it not impressive or not unimpressive. Not impressive. Oh, not impressive. Okay. Or unimpressive. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Take your pick. Got it. Um, it's yeah. yeah it's just it, it wasn't either of the things that it sold it by its name. I didn't get a lot of orange and I didn't get a lot of sour. Or How's your how stomach? much creamsicle though? Is that maybe that's killing? No, it. yeah, and maybe it's the cream mellowing it out, and I'm not. Maybe that's it. I don't. I'm gonna grab another one. I'll I'll see how that one goes. <laughs> okay. No, no well, yeah, we it. we have a creamsicle. I've I've promoted on the podcast a couple yeah. of times. I can't think of the name off the top of my head, yeah, but it's pretty I good. Right. I, it's I, sour. Yeah, that's, that I want. Yeah, I want it's a little sour, but it's not too bad. I don't but, need it to be like 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 vinegar sour, you know, something of like an orange bitter mm-hmm. it with, with something sweet to kind of accompany it would have been nice. like, yeah. this is, this is not, I almost want to pour it into a clear glass just to see what it looks like. I don't even I drink it out of the can, you know, oh, what, okay. what it's doing, but yeah. Mark, how about you? Got something more approving of? Uh, so Kyle, if you, if you ever find yourself up in Southwest Missouri, uh, we still have two of the four pack of Guinness that I bought for St. Patty's Day in the fridge. So, oh, um, okay, <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> I, I guess they're not going to get drunk until next Patty's Day. Uh, I, I am drinking uh, a beer from Boulevard Brewing called Space Camper Star Haze. So it's their uh, it's the hazy version yeah, I, of their Space Camper IPA. Mark drinking a hazy IPA. Who big surprise. Okay. Yeah, big surprise. This is not this is not as good as a hazy little thing. So oh, okay. Um, I won't be buying this again. I'd rather buy some hazy little thing instead. But <laughs> yeah. How about you, Josh? I'm drinking Founders Breakfast Stout. Given the the time of day, I thought breakfast was the. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. As a, this yeah. morning well, for a, you, a little right? kid on the label, and so I, I appreciate the the mm-hmm. use of children Having to, his, to market uh, children. So that's, uh, <laughs> his bowl I, of I, I porridge or whatever uh, he's. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, and it makes the five point whatever seem a little light. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic. Well, so uh, Josh, where can folks find you on the interwebs? I'm on Instagram. Uh, woodworking underscore econ underscore prof uh that's probably the best place for your listeners uh you google scholar or whatever if you want to see papers you don't want to read uh i'm there too uh, but yeah or or you can just google me and find my personal way but uh yeah the woodworking econ off on yeah yeah one on modern monetary policy and where they went wrong no I just that's don't. not me that's definitely I'm, I'm zero monetary policy ever <laughs> or i guess it's modern monetary theory or whatever though the, the oh, people that yeah, said that, a, the people that said we could just keep print money like it's going out I, of style that's huh? some bad stuff yeah yes. yeah exactly okay anyway so oh, <laughs> folks find you you know me and josh we're gonna have this you know economic theory uh yeah econ uh, here my oh, gosh <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh I have a couple websites, play11.com, joineffort.net. One of them is workbenches. The other one's hand tool, woodworking instruction. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Mark Builds It. And uh, I also have a YouTube channel under the name Play 11 Woodworking. Kyle. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at barton.kyle or at bbcustomtools, bbcustomtools.com, and on YouTube under bbcustomtools or Kyle Barton. Sean, what about yourself? Oh, super simple for me. Just Sean W78 on the social medias. Fantastic. And so, Mark, do we have any reviews? We do. Now, um, 
I, I wasn't here for these episodes, so you guys have yeah. to fill me in on any inside jokes that are in here. But uh, we got a lot of responses to Sean, the episodes with Sean Wood. Uh, T.R. Finley said, Sean's one of those dudes that would be fun to have a beer with. Great stories. Very funny. One of my favorite MWA interviews. Fantastic. So was he a good guy to sit around and have a beer with? Oh, definitely. definitely. Okay. He was. He was. Right. And so here's here, here's the confusion as I read that and go, uh, I'm not that Sean. Sean Wood's <laughs> that Sean. Oh, whatever. I'll sit yes. at the other, other end of the table and weep into my beer as you guys are having a good conversation. Well, well it says Sean's. Maybe he ad- added the apostrophe accidentally. I yes. see it He's as referring possessive. to. The Sean's. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, Except maybe. But then he says one. one. Okay, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, Sorry, Sean. Don't cry in your yeah. beer. Yeah. No, don't, don't sugarcoat it. It's fine. It's I, fine. I listened okay. and thought, wait, I'm following that? Uh, I have to... <laughs> 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 it's... No, 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 no. No. Here, it's here's what week. I have to it's say to that. Week. You know, we need to get past all this, this COVID, you know, issues and rising in numbers and all this other stuff. And we need to get back to public shows and gatherings where like-minded people can go to the bar and have a station again yes here 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 okay back to the reviews back to the reviews okay so silver river (laughs) chair says those are good chairs hard heart leslie web design says one of my all-time favorite makers looking forward to listening swell furniture says super show guys thanks for making time to do it uh milk anna cutting board says looking forward to listening this week to both podcasts and Robert Tolnai says, I am so looking forward to this podcast. Might not wait for my drive this week. You guys are knocking it out of the park with guests. So awesome. to everyone who left a message, we really appreciate them. It's nice to have feedback. I don't know what y'all did while I was gone, but you finally got people to uh, to <laughs> pipe up and, and say something. Uh, now if we can just get them to move over to Apple Podcasts and leave a positive review at Apple Podcasts, uh, we can spread the show around and uh, and and get this get the woodworking conversation involving even more people. So we appreciate your comments. Keep them coming, uh, whether you do it on po- Apple Podcasts or whether you do it on Instagram. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.